Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Today is Thursday, June 8th, and you are listening to Rocket City Lift. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Rocket City Lift. I'm Tara Bulger. And I'm Brett Goodman. And we come to you and try to bring a bit of a spiritual lift to your day. We're going to get started today talking about the Trinity. But before we get to that, Brett, how are you? I'm doing pretty well, Tara. I'm doing pretty well. Um, you know, I got, I'm getting in the back of the back of swing of things. Uh-huh. How, do you, how do you say Maybe. that? Get, getting get, back, getting in back the swing. into the swing of things. That's how that works. Uh, so that's been wonderful, you know. And what that means is, yesterday after church, I was able to get a nap in. So yes. that's getting back in the swing of things. Although life is so much better now because now my naps consist of a of a little baby on my chest, mm-hmm. which is so much better than just yep. no baby on the chest. Totally. How are you? I'm good. Um, I'm generally not a like, you know, loving a really hot summer, but I've been loving the weather lately, even when it's 90 degrees. It just feels good. I love the sunshine. So I've really been loving that. That's probably because it's six degrees in your office. It is so cold in here (laughs) all of the time. I know. Well, what is something, Brett, that you recently that you've learned that is new to you? Um, so we're going to do a deep dive here and journey right. with me. You're going to roll your eyes, but it's going to be fun. Um, so there is, in my opinion, the greatest essay ever written by J.R. Tolkien on fairy stories. Uh-huh. And it's phenomenal. I'm going to give it to you to read because I think it actually does talk about truth and story in a way that, that is okay. very profound. But it, it, it has influenced me pretty much my whole life. And... Uh, I recently got a book that is like a commentary on the essay, mm-hmm. um, and I did not learn, and I knew it was a um, lecture that he gave at, at Oxford, um, and I learned that what we have is only his manuscript. We don't have what he actually said that day, right? right and so right. we only have, and I thought we had what he said, but we don't have a recording of it. We don't have it. Uh, but what was really interesting was it had, um, this, this commentary book had uh, newspaper articles writing about the lecture that he gave and you know like reference things that weren't in the final manuscript or uh and so i just found that really fascinating that again this thing that is like uh i've found so impactful and influencing uh, and has influenced me in such ways uh we'll never know what the original um right thing that he gave uh and then it's also i also love has like four copies he was a perfectionist in ways that i wish i was um but also ways i'm glad i'm not (laughs) and um it's always fascinating to look at his old manuscripts because he was a uh incredible editor um Mm -hmm. i went to a uh i went to an exhibit one time and for the lord of the rings he would write it in pencil and then he would write over pencil with black pen. He would rewrite it, mm-hmm. and then he would mark it up with a red pen. Uh, yeah. So he hand, essentially hand-wrote each page three times, uh, <laughs> and that just is incredible. So yeah. that was the thing that I learned. How about you? That's What's cool. something to, So mine's kind of related in that, you know, I love great speeches, uh-huh. and I re-listened to John Kennedy's speech in Houston when he was making an argument that we should enter into the space race. People typically call it, it was given at Rice University, and it's, we go to the moon. Why do we go to the moon? Um, but we go to the moon because we can, because it's there. 
And uh, what I learned that I didn't is that I've heard that speech many times, but this person went back and um, Ted Sorensen had originally written the speech, but then Kennedy had taken it and edited it all up himself. And he put in all these references to Houston and to Texans. That So it's this great speech that I've always heard as it speaks to a nation, but there are also all these places where he speaks directly to that off, uh, uh, audience and appeals to them. So that was really interesting to me. It is really interesting. I also learned that Rivers Cuomo of the band Weezer still has it. Um, <laughs> Hannah and I went to see Weezer last night, and Rivers Cuomo was amazing. So um, I learned that this week. So that's what you got. <laughs> that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, and as we go to our scripture, let us begin with a prayer. Lord God, in the reading of your word and the talking about who you are and our theology and our experience and our reason and our history, may we know you more intimately and more lovingly. We pray this all in your name. Amen. Amen. The passage we have today comes from 2 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, verses 11 and 13. And this is the end of the Apostle Paul's letter to the church in Corinth. He writes, Finally, brothers and sisters, farewell. Be restored. Listen to my appeal. Agree with one another. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the saints greet you. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be be to to God. God. Tara, so this passage is typically associated with Trinity Sunday, and it is again this coming Sunday. Uh, Why do you think the doctrine of the Trinity is important? Why do we have a day in our church calendar to specifically think and talk about it? Well, according to you, it's for all the associate pastors. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm going to answer this in two ways. One is, I think the doctrine of the Trinity is important because all doctrine is really born out of human experience. Yeah. So the doctrine of the Trinity answers for us the question of Jesus is no longer here, and yet we still feel guided hmm. by God, yeah. by Jesus, by the Spirit. What is that? Um, how does that work? So it answers these questions that faithful people have had over the years about what it means when Jesus says he sends the advocate, the Spirit, to be with us. Where is God in Jesus? So I think the first reason it's important is because there are faithful people who have asked these questions, and it's important to have them answered. I think the second reason is because the Trinity shows us how relational God is. Um, The person of the Trinity is hard to understand, but we know that God fully indwells Christ, Christ fully indwells the Spirit, and vice versa. And so if God, as the triune God, gives us this model of what it means to be in relationship with these other parts of God's self, I think we are called to be people of relationship also. And so I think that's another reason why the doctrine of the Trinity is important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What do you think about it as a doctrine? Yeah, I think uh, to your first point, this is something that has historically been in conversation through the whole of the church. And I... 
believe in the history of the church and if if it's been important to people the, mm-hmm. throughout this whole time it should be important to us that um that this is something that we have wrestled with we've sought to know i think that the doctrine of the trinity though it's something that cannot be completely comprehended i believe that we were created as humans to explore and desire to know god and this is an, a perfect example of mm-hmm. that of that we are going to pursue this thought and this theological idea and this understanding that we may not understand, but we're going to keep trying because in that trying, we experience God. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. That's what good theology is, is in the pursuit of God, we grow closer to God. Um, Obviously, all good things can be twisted, including theology. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, the the motives of theology cannot be grow closer to God, but to uh, extend one's pride or, or build up someone or, or to keep people out, you know, yeah. uh, all those have been used in the past. But uh, I think that throughout church history that there has been uh, this pursuit of God, which is a desire that I think has been gifted to us by God. And this is a faithful response to that mm-hmm. of wanting to know and wanting to understand. Um as we talked about, there are some confusing parts of the doctrine. I'm curious, uh, what are things you, aspects of this Trinitarian doctrine, either from history, uh, or from recent, or your own thought, what are things you really want our listeners to know? So it was interesting. I thought, you know, another reason I think the doctrine of the Trinity is important is because there's a lot of heresy yeah. that, com- that comes out of not fully understanding the Trinity. And I say that even for myself. Yeah. But one of the things I want people to know is that when you talk about God, you are talking about Jesus Christ. When you talk about Jesus Christ, you are talking about God. Yeah. When you talk about the Spirit, you are talking about God and Jesus Christ. And so I've had people say to me, well, you know, I'm not really a Christian. I believe in the Holy Spirit and I believe in God. I'm just not sure what to think about Jesus. Well, guess what? They're all the same. You may have a hard time understanding the biblical narrative, but make no mistake that Jesus is at work in the world in the person of the Spirit in the same way that God is. And so I would want people to understand that one is not greater than the other. They are all the same thing. So that's something I want people to really grasp. I think another thing that I want people to grasp is that there's this fullness to the triune God. That means that there is no area of our lives that is untouched. Mm. You know, um, we have the God who is perfect love and justice, and we see that in the scriptures. And that is important for our lives. We also have the Holy Spirit who is a comforter, an advocate for us. I just think there's this fullness of the triune God that isn't limited to one particular mode or person. It's not a mode, but a person um, that allows us to really get the fullness of a God who is with us and for us in every part of our lives. So those are two things off the top of my head. I think those are both super important for us to understand. I was um, lost my train of thought there. Let's grab it back again. <laughs> I was so amazed. I was just, just I was, I was listening, and I was like, "Yeah, Tara, exactly <laughs> what you're saying. That's great." Oh, okay, yeah, I got it. I found it. Um, I think that in, in these early councils, some of the things that they worked out is really important for our understanding. And, and you touched on, on on these as you were talking. Uh, the first is that. Um, the Trinity has always been uh, mm-hmm. God, the Father, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit. One uh, didn't get created later. Yes. They have always been. The Triune God has always been in loving relationship with God's self. That has always existed. 
And the second, again, similar to what you hit on, is that uh, they are one, uh, that they are all our understanding. Um, you, you were out last staff meeting, but during our Lectio Divina time when we were talking about the scripture, what I did was uh, after each reading of the scripture, I had um, our staff give attributes that they thought of or words that they thought of for each part of the Trinity. Uh-huh. Um, and so for God, we got parent, powerful, creation, supreme, comfort, unity, love, relationship, holy, omnipresent, austere, totally other, power. And then for Jesus Christ, we got teacher, love, mercy, grace, brother, sibling, mediator, bridge, counselor, forgiveness, joy, judgment, compassion, meeting, incarnational, justice, righteousness, wisdom, friend, advocate, messiah, king, prince of peace. And then for the Holy Spirit, we got advocate, understanding, peace, joy, under, uh, indwelling, helper, connection, bravery, power, guidance. At the end, I read all those through, and I said, this is God. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, mm-hmm. God meets us in every different way. We experience God in incredible ways. And Father, Son, Holy Spirit, God the Creator, God the Son, God the Moving Spirit, all these things uh, move and help us to understand a God we can't understand. Yeah. <laughs> to glimpse and to grasp, to grasp, and what a joy that is. Yeah. Uh, all of these things are of God. You know, I also think one thing I would want people to understand is that the Trinity is also mystery. Yes. And I don't ever want anyone to think that they can nail down God, that they can understand God. We cannot know the mind of God. And so I think the very kind of mysterious part of the Trinity, the part that's hard to understand or describe, I think that is very much God too. And so I would want people to understand that just as the Trinity is mysterious, so is God mm-hmm. because it is so other from what we are. Yeah, that, I think that's absolutely wonderful. I also, uh, <laughs> I do, I like poked a little bit of fun in my sermon at the beginning of, of these of these councils that joined and these crazy words. Uh, they have been helpful in understanding of theology yeah. and, and they have formed even things that I don't understand how they formed. Um, but sometimes, yeah, you, you, you can get bogged down in the yeah, weeds. Um, absolutely. For uh, why do you think Paul closes out his letter with this Trinitarian sign-off uh, for the people in the Corinth church? You know, well, I, his context is these are people having a hard time getting along, right? Yeah. And what he wants more than anything is for them to be unified, to love one another and live in peace. And so this Trinitarian sign-off really gets at what that is of how to live in community. Mm -hmm. We have to have grace, like Jesus Christ has shown us. We have to have love, like God has shown us. And we have to have communion with one another. We have to be in relationship with one another the way the Holy Spirit is. And so I think it, again, is he wants them to understand this character of God that needs to be at the basis of all their relationships. And the only way only way he can get at it is by uh, um, talking about the Trinity. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And yeah, th- that uh, the church can't do this without the Trinity. Right. <laughs> but, uh, just the reminder that we need the triune God if we are going to do the difficult work of living in community mm-hmm. together. Um, is this your benediction? It is my benediction. Yeah, yeah. I thought so. It is I my benediction. So. I, it, it was funny. I totally messed up on both at both service, services while reading because... Uh, I say in the communion of the Holy Spirit, be with you all. Uh-huh, with all of you. <laughs> and in Scripture is all of you, so maybe I need to change that. But yeah. at both services on Sunday, I was like, and with you, all of you. <laughs> I kind of love it that I give the Old Testament 
Aaronic uh-huh. benediction, and you give the New Testament Pauline one. That's kind of a nice balance. Well, we're going to end with a quote from Anne Lamott, who says, I didn't need to understand the hypostatic unity of the Trinity. I just needed to turn my life over to whoever came up with redwood trees. Hmm. She's so great. Yeah. Thank you all for being with us. We'll be back again next week. Now may each of you go out to love and to serve, to be well, to care for yourselves and others, knowing that the grace and love of God is ever upon you. Amen. Amen.